0: Hello and welcome to this new episode of So Tell Me, a podcast where I talk to people about their education experiences, get opinions on higher education and talk to people about what information they think the world should know more about. I'm your host Kim Wardle, let's get into the episode.
1: How do we know each other. Hi, my name is Jofi, and I know you from the first since the first year of uni, probably. Mm. I can't remember the first time we met, but we had a lot of classes together and labs together, so probably in first year.
0: Yeah, definitely in the first year. Were we friends? We had a mutual friend, I think.
1: Yeah, we had a few uh, mutual friends, like I did know many of your other friends, and I think you also knew. Many of mine. I think yeah. But like me, I think I think we became close uh, this year since uh, we were flatmates.
0: Yeah, completely so. by surprise. So
1: yeah, it was so it was random because we moved back to halls for the last year, mm-hmm. and I was just unpacking, and I just ran into you, and it was a surprise.
0: I was so confused. I was like, "What are you doing here?" And you're like, "I live here." <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> "What? How did I not know this?" So we yeah, we we lived together for well, well for first semester, if everything hadn't gone sideways. So talk a little bit about being an international student and moving to the UK. Like give us a little bit of background on you
1: and how you got to Surrey. Okay, so I knew that I wanted to go to university in England because I'm originally from Hungary, um, since I was like fifteen, sixteen. I was just really fascinated by the language and I wanted to really try myself out. And England provides a really good higher education, mm-hmm. especially compared to Hungary in some fields. So I just knew that I wanted this is something that I wanted to do. And then I just looked into different universities and all the modules that they had to offer. And then based on the modules that interested me, I chose a few that I liked. and. Surrey was one of them Mm -hmm. and uh, one thing that Surrey did that none of the other universities was is that they invited me to an open day. Okay. Not that I guess they (laughs) expected me to actually turn up but um, I had this uh, discussion with my parents and they said well you should really just see what it's like before deciding to move there for like four years. (laughs) Right. So I actually did go to an open day at Surrey and I just really fell in love with the uni and uh, the way like we were walking around in the labs I remember mm-hmm. and I just really liked it and I thought oh yeah this is something that I can totally see myself doing. That's
0: really cool. What was your favourite part of campus?
1: Um, I can't remember like a specific part of the campus like I remember the labs I also remember I was talking with a few people and everyone was really nice and open, even though I was the only international student. Right. And I just really liked that. And I thought, oh, it's going to be fine. Like, no one's going to. Like, I just felt that uh, everyone was very welcoming. And I thought mm-hmm. that, oh, it's going to be a really nice place to, to study. Like, they
0: won't discriminate against you because you're from a different country, or, you know, you'll you'll be welcomed in.
1: Yeah, and especially, like, back then, my English was a lot, lot worse than it is now, <laughs> so everyone was really patient with me, and I really appreciated it. It was really nice. I
0: honestly don't remember whether your English was bad or not. I can't even... I can't even picture it, so it must have been not as bad as you thought.
1: (laughs) Uh, For me, I remember uh, when I arrived um, to the uni halls and I met my flatmates, Mm -hmm. I was uh, so stressed because that was the first, one of the first times that I had to really express myself with native speakers. Right. So I remember (laughs) that uh, the first questions that I asked was like, oh, what room you're in? And They were just expecting a number, right? Which is not that complicated. Right. And the number that I completely froze and then they were like, oh, so you're you're not English. And I was like, no, I'm not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then you said before that numbers can always be confusing because even though they're written the same, the words don't necessarily
1: come forward
0: in English
1: no numbers actually yeah I think one of our lecturers talked about it yeah that when you can read the numbers then you're bilingual or something something like that I don't know if I agree with that but yeah numbers can be difficult fair enough and
0: you happened to also learn Spanish last year I did
1: um well not just learn it but use it yeah I did a placement Uh, in Spain last year. It was really, really amazing.
0: So what did you do on your
1: placement? I was working in a university lab, uh, mostly with uh, cancer cells Mm -hmm. and also with nanoparticles. It was really amazing.
0: That's so good. That sounds amazing. And how did that help shape your future career plans? Because I know you kind of changed what you wanted to do, but not because it wasn't um because it was new to you but because the the whole field is new
1: yeah so like I was working in a lab and collecting a lot of data doing uh, experiments over and over again and I did like it but I realized that because I always wanted to work in a lab and then I realized that maybe it's not so much something that I could do in the long run because for one year it was really nice but probably not for 10-20 years. But I also had to analyze the data that I was collecting and I enjoyed it a lot more like just sitting in front of my computer and actually making sense um, of the information collected. Mm -hmm. So this is what made me thinking that oh maybe more like bioinformatics and data analysis could be something that I would be more interested in.
0: Interesting. So what degree are you doing that's helping to facilitate that?
1: Uh, I'm going to do a master's in, I mean, I'm apply, I've applied to a few, I'm planning to do a master's in bioinformatics and systems biology.
0: Okay, okay. Because what degree are you doing now? You'll be graduating with a degree in what? In biotechnology. Biotechnology. Okay, so it's, it's quite a seamless transition then, right?
1: Um, yes and no. Like, I haven't done much bioinformatics so far. I do uh, have a systems biology module right now, and I did genetics, and I also had mathematical modeling modules, so those Mm -hmm. are maybe more similar, but there is a lot of new things like programming and computational analysis that is going to be new to me, or more or less completely new, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think we had, was it in second year when we had one lecture on bioinformatics and it was the most confusing thing (laughs) I've ever seen. The lecturer, to be fair, was really good. It's just how they approached the topic was very, like they didn't come in at amateur level. They came in at advanced level and just kind of expected us to pick up the pieces did, <laughs> did that change your view on bioinformatics or was it more placement that kind of led you to to want to pursue more in that field
1: without being rude because it really wasn't the lecturer's fault mm. I have some lectures uh, with um, with them right now and they're really good I did not understand anything and I was sure that I just not I don't have the brain for informatics and that type of technology. Right. So no, it wasn't it wasn't that introduction. It was more the placement that made my mind. hmm
0: Yeah, I I couldn't actually relate to that experience too, because I did bioinformatics stuff last year as well. And it completely changed my perspective. It completely opened my eyes to something that I thought I didn't have the brain for either. What can you say to people that want to try out a new area of science or a new area of their degree but don't know where to start?
1: That's a good question. I would say that if you're in a university environment, one thing you can always do is just ask lecturers who Mm -hmm. work in that area because they are really more than happy to help. And you can also find tons of resources online, like I did find. I think it's called FutureLearn and some other websites that you can like look into and apply to online courses and just give it a go and you might like it you might not but you don't lose anything by trying.
0: Yeah because these courses are free too.
1: Exactly yeah.
0: All right so let's change gear a little bit and talk about your sort of high school transition to university how did you find testing out, testing out of high school and coming to Surrey? Like what was the the change in academics? What was the change in social life? Like what was your high school life like compared to your Surrey life?
1: My high school was really busy. Like I had seven, eight hours of classes each day and then lots of homework, Mm -hmm. um, lots of exams. So when I first Like in first year, I think I have had a lot more free time than I did in my last few years of high school. Yeah. Then it changed for second and third year. (laughs) But in first year, definitely. From the social aspect, it was difficult at first to to go to a completely new country. I was really lucky because actually one of my really good friends from home ended up also going to Surrey by chance. Mm. And we did not agree to it. So I guess I was a little bit more confident that I knew that I had her right uh, at the beginning, and then yeah, I just met other people, and then it was it was fine. But yeah, I feel like I probably had more time for social things in the first year of uni than I did in high school.
0: And what was the most difficult thing to kind of understand or? work on
1: when you it's not even that I move countries it's more like I had to learn to live on my own like I had to go open a bank account I had to get a mobile phone number right (laughs) like it wasn't because I didn't need to get a visa or anything so I guess it was more simple than for you when you had to go to America Mm -hmm. but um I just had to learn how to live on my own I mean learn a little bit about the culture but i already did that in high school like we had english classes and we did talk about english culture because at the end every culture is a bit different Mm
0: -hmm. what's the biggest thing about english culture that either surprised you or something that you really like jumped on that you really liked
1: something that i really liked Mm -hmm. or something that surprised you Something that I can particularly remember, it's not something that surprised me, Mm. it's just use of fair enough. Okay. It's something that we have, we have the discussion about it with quite a few um, other international people. Like, it doesn't really mean anything, you just say it as a response when you don't really know what to say.
0: Right, okay.
1: I know, so that was something that was like, kind of like a cultural thing to me to learn how to use fair enough. Interesting. Which is probably not the the answer you were looking for.
0: (laughs) No, it's not what I expected at all. But that's really interesting, because obviously, for me, it's just a part of my vocabulary.
1: Yeah. Or another thing is when you say, hi, how are you? No one's really interested in how are you. We just say hi. And then if you ask, how are you, then you wait for an answer.
0: Right.
1: You don't really wait for an answer. Or like you kind of just you know, you know that the answer is going to be oh it's good yeah because actually I had this thing with I think I was in England after a few weeks and one of my flat flatmates met me and asked me oh hi how are you and I was really stressed for whatever reason and I ended up just like going um for like five minutes about how horrible my day was <laughs> and then you could see on his face that he was so not expecting
0: that. That's so strange. I don't know, I kind of expect an answer. But then whenever someone asks me, I always give my honest answer. I'm always like, no, nah, I'm having a horrible day. And then that's it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to give them.
1: Yeah, maybe it's just him.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of, of language things that we talk about that we we might not necessarily have thought we'd have talked about. We were talking about turnips. Do you remember? And you can think of the word for turnips like we were trying to determine what was a turnip and how to say it in Hungarian and what was it that you said instead oh you said the word for Swede but you've never heard of a Swede before
1: (laughs) yeah 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 I remember now yeah yeah it can be it can be complicated other thing we were talking about with the adjectives Mm -hmm. how like they come in a particular order
0: yes
1: and things like that yeah Mm -hmm. it's just something that you you'll get used to and Yeah, like, talking fluently as well It's something that, like, listening to a lecture is very different than having to talk.
0: Right, right. And and were you ever nervous to talk, even in Spanish or in English, either one, when you were not in your home country? were, Were you ever nervous to talk to people?
1: I guess, yes. I think... I have so I'm more nervous to talk in English to a native speaker than to a foreigner because I feel like oh they're gonna be more likely spotting the mistakes that I'm saying. right but then eventually you'll just get used to it and you're just going to talk and because at the end of the day what matters is that people understand you right exactly
0: so what was it like like was there a time when you realized that English had become fluent for you
1: I guess it was when I I just realized that I started to think in English Mm -hmm. so when I was on my own and I was just doing my everyday things I I just realized that I'm thinking in English which was really strange for me at first because I always used to think in Hungarian my mother Mm tongue and then I started to dream in English which was even weirder wow so yeah I guess I guess maybe that's it. I've never reached that state with Spanish.
0: Right, okay. Have you ever, or do you experience, like,
1: fatigue from speaking English all the time? When I move home and don't use English for a long time and move back, yes, definitely.
0: Because um, you, you've mentioned before that you, uh, you lose words, like you, you find it more difficult to find English words after you've not spoken English for a while.
1: Yeah, but it's interesting because even for like a two week long Christmas break, I go back and it's just completely different. Like, even now I'm still listening to lectures, but now I can see or I can feel on myself even just talking to you that, oh, some words take more time to find. (laughs) Well, you're getting
0: your point across, so I guess that's all that matters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully.
0: Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) So. When you left Hungary for Surrey, what were your intentions when you left initially? Like, were you picturing your life in the UK full time, or were you um, expecting this degree to be like a stepping stone to another country? Like, do you what's what are your
1: future plans basically? I w- was hoping that I will end up living in England, mm-hmm. so because this type of because I'm interested in research, like doing something. Now it's more bioinformatics, but I was interested in doing biological research, and I just felt that it's something that there are a lot more opportunities and a lot probably maybe better opportunities to do in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always hoping to to stay there long time, long term.
0: Those opportunities, like, do you feel like you have to stay near London? Are you trying to see more of the UK, like what What do you want, to? where do you want to be, where do you want to end up?
1: Um, well, I guess I'll see where life takes me, but no, I'm not really fussed about London, like I'm actually more of a countryside girl, so I think London just would be too big for me, okay. like I'm really happy that Surrey is not in London, because mm-hmm. I like how Guildford is like a small town more than a big city, so I would always rather picture myself in a small town somewhere either in the south either in the north in Scotland and, than in London for example.
0: Okay okay what's your favourite part of Guildford?
1: Oh my favourite part of Guildford um I really like by the river like walking by the river mm-hmm. um and also going up to Surrey Hills and just look at the sunset. That's really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, that is nice. What is your favourite place in Guildford?
0: Oh, I love the view from the cathedral. Yeah. I think you can see the entirety of Guildford,
1: which is awesome. Surrey Hills is also gorgeous. I know, do you remember that time when they hung up like some kind of rope and then they were taking people up by that rope on the top of the cathedral and you could look around? No, no. I think it was in second year. I was go I was walking home from campus and I could see that there were people hanging from the top of the cathedral. What? Oh like um like abseiling. Um I don't know what abseiling is. Yeah,
0: I think that's what like when they like rappel down the side like you're attached to a rope and you like like climb down the side of the cathedral.
1: No, no no, they weren't climbing. Like they were sitting into this thing and then they were like taken up by the rope like someone was pulling and then they were like going more and more up and then they could look around. What? No! I've never heard that before. (laughs) I don't like bungee jumping, but the other way.
0: Yeah, like I don't know what yeah, I don't know what you would call that. Like you're being hoisted up.
1: Yeah, kind of. So I was just thinking like since you like the view from the cathedral, it would have been really cool if you could have also gone up there.
0: Yeah, that would have been really cool. I guess that stuff kind of stopped towards the end of second year cuz they started doing all the renovations and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was yeah before the renovation like oh they can't really cause more harm so right. Okay.
0: <laughs> How weird. No, I didn't know that. But yeah, I love the I love the the hill like the top of the cathedral that giant hill. Um I love the castle as well. They've done yeah. stuff with the castle gardens and, and all that kind yeah, of Yeah, the flowers and everything, yeah. So that's probably what I what I like the most. All the, all the greenery. That's actually the thing that drew me to Surrey the most, was all the green space. Yeah. Like, loads, loads of other unis were very paved. Paved all over. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, because also with the lake on campus, mm-hmm. it's just really, really nice. Yeah, definitely. What's, uh, what's one thing that you're gonna miss about
1: being at Surrey? I think I, I'm gonna miss many things about Surrey. Mm-hmm. Like, I really. Like, I'm going to miss my friends, of course. Of course. Like, it's going to be weird to go to another university and have to meet people again. Mm But, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed, like, having a coffee in the hideout. Mm -hmm. Like, something. Or just sitting by the uh, lake and talking. Or they did those movie nights, the outdoor cinema thing. That was really good. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: things like that, probably. And what's something you're not going to miss? This animal module we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) For example. Yeah, I'm not.
1: Yeah, I'm not particularly pleased with that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, in general, I didn't have like really bad experiences. Like I was really lucky to like I feel that I had generally a really good experience throughout my degree. Mm. I don't know I think you would agree wouldn't you yeah
0: I would definitely agree overall I've had a really good experience it's just this year was not the year that I
1: wanted to go out on I don't think anyone wanted (laughs) to go out on this (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's it's so weird how like I came home at the end of March and I just packed in a rush didn't properly say goodbye Mm -hmm. to many people it was not not a nice goodbye no
0: no no there was just so many so many people just left in a hurry or yeah very strange experience not how I would have expected the end to come if you're coming back to the UK you're not going to be missing that many people
1: yeah I mean I can always just travel and meet so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah very true so then on the flip side what's something you missed about Hungary
1: Um, I really missed my group of friends. I had a really close group. I mean, luckily, I still have most of them. Mm -hmm. And I also miss my family a lot. I I am really close um, with my parents and my cousins. So it was really strange at first. Um, And I really miss because I live near Budapest, and it's such a beautiful city. So I just miss the city in general as well.
0: Okay. And did your parents or any family ever come and visit?
1: My parents did visit in second year okay, for a few days. So they were also like uh, coming, visiting me, and also look around in the south of England for a few days and then went back home. Nice. And then I had a few friends visiting uh, also at the end, by the end of second year. Mm-hmm. So that was also really nice.
0: That's good. And then what's something you didn't miss about Hungary?
1: I would say that there is, like, there is this stereotype that we complain a lot and I feel like that maybe now I complain less okay. than I did before. So something that I did not miss is possibly that complaining. Like I, th- I feel like English people complain less, and I, th- and then that's a good thing.
0: That must you must get a lot of complaining then in Hungary because I feel like British people complain a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, honestly, not as not as bad, because I had this conversation with um with an Irish girl, actually, I said to her, "Oh, there is this stereotype because we were talking about stereotypes, mm. that Hungarian people complain a lot." and then she looked at me and she was like, "You do complain." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's true, and probably I'm also guilty, so
0: <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I haven't ever thought you'd
1: complained a lot. I complain a lot less now, but I mm. uh, sometimes I still like even for um, for myself I realize you should just stop talking.
0: <laughs> never, I've never had that kind of advice to myself. I'm always <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Do you feel like getting a university degree from the UK has been? beneficial like what can you say to others who are considering coming to the UK to do their degree what advice would you give um, I
1: would say that do your research mm-hmm. definitely don't jump into something that you're not 100% sure of because at the end of the day um, I have the loan that I will have to pay back um, and you know it's not like you really need to like think about money wise and right also moving to a new country can be stressful and yeah just really need to make sure that you you know what you're doing but overall I think if this is what you want to do then it can be really really good and I've become a lot more independent and I've learned a new I learned a language to like to speak quite fluently not right now mm-hmm. but in
0: <laughs> yeah now you can't speak it at all
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah and I made good friends I was exposed to new cultures so I become a lot more opened
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I feel that what I was taught in the degree was also really really good like I think I learned useful things I got to do a placement I worked one year in a lab so I think overall for me it was definitely worth it
0: good I'm glad I'm glad it was worth it <laughs> what was your favorite lab experience because Surrey's labs are gorgeous their their newer um innovation for health building is is gorgeous so <laughs> what's your favorite lab experience
1: um my favorite lab experience my f- the funniest lab experience I would say was the swap <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's I heard
1: you mention it before <laughs>
0: what a
1: good one that's my favorite too yeah it was really good <laughs> not for the people
0: that swabbed their noses let's be yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah no, one thing that I also considered when moving to the UK for uni is that um, in Hungary the labs are not that well equipped if you can have if you are fortunate enough to have lab classes at all
0: right oh interesting and
1: I thought that for my degree it would be really good if I could have some lab experience so mm-hmm. that was a factor to consider but yeah no overall I think the labs were were well equipped I'm not really happy about the labs we had this year
0: mm-hmm. yeah because we shared a lab class last semester
1: yeah yeah it was not the best <laughs>
0: yeah do you think that you learned things that you wouldn't necessarily have had the opportunity to learn
1: you mean academic wise or personal life wise both um yeah, like I think that um, something that the uni is good at is trying to keep us up to date more or less with research, mm-hmm. which is not something that necessarily happens all the time, and personally a lot like adaptability or. Yeah, being uh, having the confidence to speak in a new language and right. moving to a new country. Like my when I moved to Spain, settling down was a lot easier than when I moved to England. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's because I already had the experience.
0: Interesting. So, what was, what was your favorite thing about being in Spain and doing your placement?
1: Um, my favorite thing was the Spanish culture. Like okay. it's just absolutely amazing. <laughs> I really like, I was staying in a small city in Spain, so I also really enjoyed it, and yeah, like, they are super outgoing, super welcoming, super, super, yeah, they are, they are amazing, and I loved learning the language, I enjoyed the lab sometimes, I did not enjoy working in the lab some other times, because eventually it got quite repetitive, right, but I had a really good uh, social life, and I also learned a lot about what I want to do in the future which is I think the main point of placement at the end
0: mm-hmm. so talk about that talk about this new wow this I was, I'd say new field this this area that you want to go into because it's quite it's quite complex but I feel like you do a good a job
1: explaining it thank you uh, I'll try not to disappoint <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so what I'm interested in right now, I did a bit of mathematical modeling. So like how you model biological systems. And when you look at simple systems, you can do it Mm -hmm. just on paper. But when they get more complex, you will need computational tools. And this is where the bioinformatics part comes in. And then systems biology, what it does is it basically looks at biology more as a complex connection of networks rather than just looking at what this particular gene does or this particular protein does it looks at what all genes in a system do or what all proteins do and therefore we can get like a better overall understanding of what's going on Mm -hmm. and it can lead to a lot of discoveries of things that we don't understand at the moment like cancer or neurodegenerative diseases or aging that just affect a lot of things. Like nothing happens on its own. It's all connected. So if we can understand how they are all connected, then we can get a get a better picture at the end. That's cool.
0: Do you have an example of a, a simple system versus a complicated system that would need
1: bioinformatic uh tools to to identify? Mm, yeah. So for example, you can you can measure um the concentration of a few proteins in a system or a few RNAs in a system or you can measure all RNAs and then use a computational tool to actually connect these RNAs or proteins with a function that they do from just a large data table. Right, okay. Or you can model how many genes work together and lead to a particular output and maybe when you model it you realize that the output is not what you would expect. So it's not what the experimental data tells you, for example. Mm-hmm. And then what you can do is you can model it and add more parts to it and eventually find the part that will add that when it's added to the computational model will give you an output that can be validated by experiments and then you realize that there was this process that you didn't even know about before, and you can that this can lead to new discoveries.
0: Okay, so the the principle is comparing or working on a model until it looks like what the experimental data gives you.
1: That's one aspect. Yeah. Okay. For example. And is that your favorite aspect? Or um, yeah, I like computational mathematical modeling. I like maths a lot which is not something many people <laughs> tell me, but I do. And I think it's really cool to see how something that you can use to, I don't know, use to a simple everyday things is calculate how much, if you pay this much money at the for the cashier, you will get that much money back. Like this is what maths is at the very basic, and then you right. can build it up to define how, the human body works which I think is really interesting I don't know if it makes sense what I'm saying like yeah yeah. you can use like you can use the same thing from many different things it's plus it's universal and it's international like the maths the language of maths is international which is really cool as well that is cool
0: so do you have a a particular system that you want to look more into like do you want to look more into cancer biology do you want to look more into I don't know transcription translation like what what's your what's your niche what do you fancy
1: I'm interested in two very different things mm-hmm. like I'm really interested in the brain and like the neuroscience part of things okay but I'm also really interested in microbiome communities and like the microbiota in your gut and or like antibiotic resistance and things like that so I guess I'll see which one i will end up choosing but at the moment these two are the areas that i like the most
0: Mm -hmm. i can relate to the microbiota stuff i (laughs) i love microbiology just in case my degree title didn't give it away
1: but what is your favorite part in microbiology my
0: favorite part of microbiology Mm, i love my epidemiology i love rooting out
1: this this time of this time with everything going on.
0: yeah yeah, the case study of, of this, of my life, of our life, of the world's life is actually very interesting to me, fortunately. I think people find it off-putting for me to ask questions about sort of exposure and, and death rates and and case fatalities and, and all that kind of stuff. But I find it very comforting because it kind of adds, <laughs> well, it adds numerical information to something that's going on, you know, like you can quantify the case fatality rate, you can quantify all the different aspects Um, and I find it endlessly fascinating to say to read all the reports of oh this is a new thing that the the virus does or oh this is a new thing that um, this new interaction between the patient and the virus like I find that all really really interesting and like all the risk factors and things like that so I know people find it disconcerting and I try not to bring it up too much (laughs) because I know A lot of people find it disconcerting, but to me, it's fascinating.
1: (laughs) It is pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah, but you got you got to sell the fascinating part to the right audience.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: So, obviously, a lot of our group chats revolve around all the uh, statistics relating to uh, COVID nineteen, which I won't subject anyone else to, but my group of friends. (laughs) (laughs) What's your advice to someone who? wants to do bioinformatics or wants to do what you're trying to get into what what's your advice to someone who who wants to know more about that kind of stuff and wants to to learn more about it mm,
1: like i said online resources are really really good mm-hmm. um you can learn how to do basic programming you can look into data yeah like probably the online resources would be the one thing that i would say that people could check and maybe should check um you can always go around and look at studies but probably they are sometimes hard to read so right. i would definitely start with looking into online resources what can you do is it something that you would find interesting yeah and then and then go for it <laughs> <laughs> always go for it
0: yeah definitely always always go for it <laughs> so you've been in the uk for 3 years technically
1: yeah yeah technically
0: yeah what's one thing that you would change about how you lived your university life or how you
1: went about doing
0: the University of Surrey
1: um one thing that was not the best is my house in second year okay um I mean the house was really close to the university and was cheap compared to other houses in Mm Guildford so that was good but then it wasn't um, the cleanest or the best to live in. <laughs> right. And the, land, the landlady wasn't particularly helpful either. So, yeah, like I still have memories of removing snails from the bathroom before taking a shower. Ah, <laughs> then, yeah, and... I don't like that. <laughs> so probably that look more and don't be afraid to, oh, my God, I'm going to run out of time. We're not going to find a house. Be more um more more careful um in saying yes to to any opportunity probably.
0: Yeah, because Guildford's the housing market in Guildford is tricky because they try to upcharge you to be closed, but the houses aren't always worth what they're charging.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean, this is something that comes up all the time with like the students union and um, all these discussions that like the housing is not the best. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I was really lucky because I lived in halls first year and I lived in halls final year. So it was only second year when I had to look for housing and didn't go that well.
0: So you wouldn't change living in halls for the final
1: year? No, I definitely wouldn't. I think it was really, really good. Plus, it was convenient. And it was also really good that they put all final years in a house. Mm-hmm. So, no, it was really good. I really enjoyed living in of final year.
0: So, to, to round out this very informative interview, what's some advice to non-native English speakers for making friends and making sure that you have the best opportunities at understanding the classes and lectures like what would your advice be to to those people
1: yeah like don't be afraid to to do things talk to people um either in halls or if you go out then when you go out to meet people or in lectures because um at the end everyone is in the same situation that they're looking for friends and eventually you will find people that you that you connect with and yeah just don't be afraid to use the language and yeah try to have fun
0: try to have fun is a good one
1: yeah and <laughs> yeah and you will find like-minded people so don't worry don't worry too much
0: yeah definitely so two years in the uk one year in spain i'd say the better part of a year in the uk again now you're back in hungary what are you doing now
1: um i mean i'm at home so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not much um because yeah we're still still in the lockdown um but yeah no everything's good i'm talking to friends i'm working on uni work Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, that's a good point. How are you finding the uni being fully
1: online? I find it hard. Okay. Um, I, I like to attend lectures. I think it gives a good structure to the day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I don't have right now. And since I tend to procrastinate, it's not the best when you don't have <laughs> anything to stick to. But yeah, no, it's okay. But I'm hoping that in October I can, when I start my master's, it will be it will be on not online, but in face to face
0: yeah, yeah, I think everybody's hoping that that everything will be face to face, although there's yeah. been announcements that some universities are doing first
1: semester online. This is something that I'm actually a bit afraid of because my master's would be from October till January a taught part, and then to bioinformatics. Um, coursework or mm-hmm. kind of like a dissertation work. And that would be until next September. So I'm just really hoping that not all the taught modules will be online because then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. We just stay in Hungary. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen as yet. But I already received an email, I applied to a few unis and I already received an email from a few saying, oh, we're definitely not gonna be offline until november or december so
0: oh wow that's kind of crazy but understandable yeah so would you consider taking a year off before you start or are you going you still want to go straight into it
1: um well that's something that um depends on brexit for me as well oh yeah because if i leave a year out i might not be able to study as a UK or home student but as an international student Mm -hmm. that would be a lot more expensive and no loans nothing so then I just couldn't do it at all
0: yeah becomes a lot basically inaccessible
1: yeah so I either do it now or I'm not going to do it so I'm still thinking whether it's worth it being afraid that it's all going to be online but we'll see
0: yeah I guess you could do it fully online but come back to the UK
1: and just travel around the UK while you do your uni work. <laughs> yeah I mean that's one good thing about having it online is that you can go around.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah that's definitely a, a boon for me.
1: That We can travel by then because you also want to travel. Yes
0: yeah I want to travel. For the moment I'll be traveling around the UK but who knows what's going to happen in the future. And then we're not even having a graduation ceremony this year. So, yeah, I know Um, that's something that's a little odd. How are you planning to to see out the end of the year? Are you celebrating or what, what are your plans?
1: Um, Well, it really depends also on whether I will still be in lockdown here or yeah. if I can go around. But it would be nice to, like, we we're already thinking with a few friends to do Like kind of a big um, group video chat, just like everyone like Mm -hmm. oh we're finished. So that's something. And yeah, it would be nice to see my friends once the lockdown is over from home. But not much is planned so far because there's not much that I not much else I can do at the moment. Yeah, of
0: course, of course.
1: Yeah, just yeah, it's gonna be strange because we will have a graduation in 2021 possibly
0: I think it's confirmed to be 2021 but Mm. I think a lot of people either won't attend or can't attend because they'll be in their new degrees or in their job or whatever yeah it's going to be tricky would you like to attend um that's a loaded question I'm not sure yet if I'm in the country then yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah but I hope to not be in the country so so we'll see
1: see I just I just said fair enough I used fair enough
0: yeah correct usage well done thank you <laughs> she, she's a native you'd never even be able to tell <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow well.
0: <laughs> well thank you so much for talking with me Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, of course. It was too good to miss the fact that we reconnected by being in the same house. What a weird coincidence.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really lucky. Very lucky.
0: But yes, that is all. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Jofi for coming to speak to me. I mean, I still speak fairly regularly. This episode is packed full of information, more information than I could have hoped for. So, a pleasure, as always. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure to go to pleasehold4.squarespace.com for more of my content. And I hope everyone's staying safe.